My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're... Paramedics? Unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics. Unscripted. Welcome back into Paramedics Unscripted. My name is Jason, and I'm here with my co-host, Bobby. Bobby, long time no talk, season two, episode nine. Let's get going, brother. How you doing? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing good, man. I want to personally apologize to the listeners out there. I had a birthday uh, early in May, and uh, family in town, and then uh, work picking up for myself. Hey, lying. It wasn't your birthday. <laughs> I'm old as shit, man. Um, Just trying to get sympathy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> trying to get sympathy and some, some cards with some money in them, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, totally. So uh, totally my fault on that. Um, but we're back, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's get into it, buddy. Uh, I think the first thing we want to talk about was um, something near and dear to our heart with someone we know. So go ahead on with it, Bobby. Start us off. Oh, yeah. Well, recently, uh, I'm going to keep uh, the names of certain organizations protected sure. just to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> innocent to prove something that recently came up something that recently came up in the news over the past uh, probably week was uh, anybody who was a mighty morphin power ranger especially during the beginning back in the early 90s you'll remember uh, the red ranger whose name on the show was Jason Lee Scott his uh, stage name was uh Austin St. John, but his actual real name is Jason Geiger. I try to figure that out. Uh, um, who was the original Red Ranger has recently been, uh, he was arrested and released, or he was arrested for uh, allegedly defrauding the government of uh, uh Cares Act, or the COVID, the COVID loan money, the loans they were giving out to uh, to businesses for for uh, COVID relief. Yeah, I think it was the COVID um, Cares Act. If I'm not, if, is that yeah, right? it was the COVID. Yeah, the COVID Cares Act um, was taken into custody along with, uh, you know, I think a couple dozen other people, and apparently, I don't know all the ins and outs of the details because it's kind of find the, it's kind of hard to find all the ins and outs. Um, but uh, basically, he, allegedly, he was arrested for uh, defrauding the government of, uh, of yeah, the CARES Act loans. Um, I think it was, as, as far as what uh, certain articles said and certain legal paperwork said, I think it's uh, between two and four hundred grand. Yeah, I heard four hundred. Um, I heard, yeah. Now, in all fairness, um, and we'll tell you in a minute why we're actually bringing this topic up. Is because um, Austin was also a fellow firefighter paramedic, you know, and True. in his private life. Um, and Jason and I both used to work with him. Um, you know, I never had a problem with Austin. He was always nice to me. He's always seemed like a pretty solid guy. Um, I, I, in all fairness, I mean. I look at it this way, you know, do I trust the mainstream media? Absolutely fucking not. Yeah. And I think, I think anybody listening to this, this show knows that. That's where this information is coming from. Yeah. But I mean, 
Um, if if you do do some digging and they actually show, you know, legal paperwork as far as, you know, the charges against him, um, it, it does look pretty legit. Now, whether he did it, that's, in all fairness, that's, that'll be, that's yet to be determined. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that he did it because I don't know. Um, I just, uh, I remember I was, uh, I was at, I was at Cape May, New Jersey this past weekend. And, uh, my buddy texted me and he's like, Hey, isn't this the guy we used to work with? And it was, it was Austin and it was from Yahoo news on like one of the front pages. I'm like, yeah, and I was reading this and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, <laughs> you know? Um, but it, you know, like I said, it could be one of those situations where, it could have been completely innocent and it's been taken the wrong way or it looks bad, and it, you know, and he didn't realize he was doing something. And who knows what it could be, but just thought it was interesting that, uh, a guy that we used to work with, you know, who was also a huge celebrity back in the nineties and who apparently has been on, you know, and as far as in the comic con community and in the, uh, you know, comic community and, uh, the Power Ranger community, he's he's a huge celebrity again. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I mean, I feel the exact same way because, um, interestingly enough, I had someone who was a former partner, partner of mine when I ran 911. He's still in the business, works for a different county now at this time, but uh, he actually sent me a random message. I hadn't talked to him in, I don't know, probably six months or something like that. And uh, he reached out to me on uh, Facebook Messenger and sent me a message. He's like, Hey, isn't this the cat you knew? <laughs> like, and he sent me that same article. You're talking about the Yahoo one. And he had remembered yeah. that we had talked about like, Oh yeah, I know this guy. Like he's cool. And da, da, da. cause I, I'm like, you know, I, I worked with him um, at a couple different places that we're not going to name or whatever for obvious reasons here. Um, but uh, he's a good guy. Great paramedic. Um, never, oh, yeah. I, I never had anything, you know, any problems with the guy whatsoever. Um, I do also uh, strongly, strongly believe, well, a couple of things I want to say. Uh, I strongly believe everybody's innocent until proven guilty. That's what the United States uh, judicial Definitely. system and, and, and court system is set up for. Um, another thing I'm not a fan of, although I appreciate news covering things, I, I understand they have a job to do too. I'm also not usually a big fan of news news articles coming out on people who are just charged with the crime um, and haven't had their day in court yet um, because right. I feel that I understand yeah, they're found guilty in, yeah, a, in the court because of public had, you, opinion. Yeah, you see it all the time where people... Too much of that. Yeah, I mean, the Johnny Depp trial, I mean, I, I don't know too much yeah. about that, but it's all that same kind of stuff where people get accused of stuff, the, the world hates them for whatever, and then they go to court and they find out it's either completely utter bullshit or or they didn't do it or whatever, you know, something, and, and, and that person who was accused is found not to be a problem, but then their career is over with because that's what I feel most the worst about in this situation is... You know, obviously, if, if if something was done incorrectly and broke the law, then, you know, they may have to face consequences of that. But if something is not done to break the law, I just feel horrible that, um, you know, that he could lose, you know, a lot of stuff he's worked towards in his life um, and a lot of great things he's done. And he inspired a whole bunch of people. Obviously, the the I didn't watch the Power Rangers as a kid, but I know a lot of people did. I mean, they were a national international phenomenon um, all over the world. Oh, man, they were they were at that point where I remember. Uh, because back in the, uh, especially back in the early nineties and, and even right before, I mean, a huge, as we've talked about before, a huge 
chunk of my life, I mean, was, was martial arts. I mean, that was, I mean, especially that particular time, that's what I devoted my life to. And of course, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I thought that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as a, as a kid show, I mean, yeah, I thought it was great for kids, you know, I mean, it, but for us, like young adults, it was kind of cheesy, but you know, I mean, it, it was, but it was cool for the kids and the kids looked up to it and had a positive message. But, uh, but yeah, you're exactly right, Jason. It was like, uh, and I remember, I remember Austin telling me one time, um, this is probably, this is close to 20 years ago, you know, cause I got into a conversation. I'm like, you know, cause the conversation kind of started when I was like, how did you get into this line of work? And, and why the fuck did you leave Hollywood? And what the fuck happened to all that money? And, um, you know, he basically gave me his spiel. I can't remember exactly why his reasons for him telling me that he left Hollywood. I think it probably had to do with, uh, you know, once the show it sounded like from what he was saying, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to joggle my memory. Um, it was had to do with a lot. I think one, some family members of his got sick, and he had to leave. And then I think the the main reason besides that, which the family being the main reason, the main the other reason that he left was due to uh, I guess confliction with uh, with money. You know, what it always comes down to money, especially when it comes to entertainment, because apparently when the show took off, from what I remember, when the show took off and, you know, let's just be honest, that first cast, that's that's who carried that show. I mean, that's that's who all the kids recognize. So without them, what the fuck do you got? Yeah. And, uh, and you see that and, a lot uh, with like child actors or young actors and actresses and stuff in the industry. You see that a lot with that kind of. Right. And it sounded to me like from what he was saying at the time, and like I said, it was close to 20 years ago. Uh, he, there was a situation where once the show took off and they were making loads of money, but it sounded like the cast weren't getting their fair share to that point. Like they were still kind of at the level from entry, you know, and from what he said, it sounded like that, you know, some of them had problems with it and there was some conflict and that was one of the deciding factors of why he ended up leaving. Cause I guess it, it, it wasn't getting, settled the way he thought it should you know and if that was the case rightfully so i mean i'm you know if you got a show that's at that point where you can't even go into japan without being mobbed like the beatles first coming to the united states uh and you're you're not making money up to what you should be making because all the, the production company they're all making freaking millions and if you're not making your fair share and you you're the ones carrying the show because that's your face that's on the brand yeah, I'd have a problem with that too. Yeah, and you see it like, I mean, you, we've seen it as recently as I remember, um, this is another Hollywood story and obviously not necessarily child actors, but like, you know, early life actors a little bit uh, with Big Bang Theory had the same thing. They're a huge show, very, obviously very, very uber successful. And they, right. weren't, they weren't paying the girls uh, actors uh, or actresses, depending on how you refer to them, but they weren't getting the same money equal, equal to the guys that were like the, the main guys of the show or whatever. And right. they, they didn't, want any the guys didn't want any part of that so they tried to they were trying to negotiate their show, contract and also eventually the guys because they seem to be a g bunch of straight up guys there they donated part of their salary to make up the difference so that everybody was on yeah. the payground which is cool because i mean in that show because I, I love big bang theory my wife loved big bang theory you know it's a big like funny show nerd nerdy show and stuff and you know, those girls were just as important to all the storylines as the, the four nerd guys. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it, it, like it's kind of Especially sickening. Penny. It's, I mean, well, it's sickening that you have like 
Kelly Cow Cow. I don't know how you pronounce her name, but but like she's the main girl, obviously, in the show because she's the one that the right. nerds have the crush on and all that stuff. But like, how can you not possibly pay her the same? As, I don't I don't even know who the leading guy is. I don't know which is considered the lead guy, but um, let's say it's Sheldon. Maybe it's Sheldon. I don't know. Sheldon or Leonard. Yeah, it's one of those two. But I don't know which one is technically the lead or whatever. But but like, how can you not pay her the same? Because without the girl in the show. Right. That show wouldn't be as popular because it's just, then it's just nerdy guys hanging out, goofing off, doing silly stuff. You need to have that I, that that other part of the show that pulls oh people yeah. in, you know. So yeah, I, I, I thought I always thought that was stand up because my daughter started watching the show. Obviously, she got older with us because me and my wife used to watch it, and uh, and I was telling her about. It. I was like, "Look at these these are good guys. They're standing up for their fellow co- uh, workmates, knowing that sure. without any one of us in this party, this isn't as successful." You know, the group is what makes makes us successful, not the individual in this, in this instance. And same thing with him. Like, and I, I didn't have that conversation like you did with him about that particular thing, but good on him if, if that's what really happened and stuff like that. Because like I said, I wasn't there, but if he was you know, trying to stand up for it, because most likely what happened a lot of times you see that with those child actors and stuff is they get sucked into a contract because, you know, the show, the shows doesn't exist. They get sucked into the contract. The show goes up, you know, a zillion percent, you know, especially something like that that just blew up. And their salary stays the same. And their salary is still 1% of whatever the original was or whatever, 10% of the original. But now it's worth 10 times as much, but they're still just getting the 10% of the original contract. They might be locked in for five years of that contract. And that's, you know, so at some point you do have to get that adjusted or it's really not fair. You well, know? and it, I think that's why I, especially talking about now 90 shows again, except for Big Bang. I think that's why I really, and one sitcom that really kind of set the pace for that, that's why I had really had a lot of respect for the cast of Friends because they they bound together as a collective, you know, and just basically were like, look, we all get paid. This is we are we're all going to get paid the same, and this is what we want. Especially when the show took off and it was number one, it's like, and that's how each cast member got at that time one million dollars per episode. As they they should. That was a huge show. You know what I mean? I watched Friends. I mean, anybody in the 90s watched Friends. It was a great show. Yeah, Yeah, you shouldn't be. And again, that's the exact same thing. Now, I guess fast forward to Big Bang, you know, decades later, it was the same kind of idea because all the Friends is that group. If one of those characters isn't there, the show may may have been been funny. I don't know, but it would take away from the dynamic of the show. Well, no, you're absolutely right. It means that cohesion with every character that you know from that show are just, it's not the same. It's not the same dynamic, like you said. Yeah, I couldn't. I, that's why I don't. I mean, not. I have no acting skills whatsoever. But, but I, I couldn't do Hollywood like that. That's why you see what so are you many. Talking about man. Well, that's you why you, you see. You act so, like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, I'm kidding. No, but you see. That's why you do see a lot of. There's like a handful of like people who make it in like big movies, like big huge blockbuster movie. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there's one recently that made like a big blockbuster movie, and then it was a it was a male actor, and then after that, he's like, yeah, I'm out, dude. Like he made his gazillion whatever he makes, you know, and then he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, cause it's just, sometimes it's not worth the headache of all the, like you said, all that stuff like, well, I mean, yeah, we're going to pay her, but she's a girl. So we're going to pay her, you know, and you just like, I don't, this is gross to me. I don't want to be here anymore. You know? Well, I, I don't blame, and, and I'm just gonna, uh, you know, I don't really, don't, this is, I don't really give a shit. Feel out a problem because I don't care. I'm just going to be unfiltered. I don't give a fuck. But, uh, yeah, Hollywood is just gotten, and I'm not saying everybody in Hollywood when I say this. Hollywood is just, it just seems like the veil is being lifted. What a fucking toxic environment that it is. And just, I mean, ridiculously toxic. And, and I'm not to say, I'm not saying that every celebrity has that experience and all that, but you, you see her more and more every day, just how 
you know, just crazy it is. You know how crazy some of these actors really are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you <laughs> I'm going to go on record to say that. Well, you had that you thing know? like, uh, what was it? I don't know, maybe five, 10 years ago now. I don't remember the exact date, but where Corey Feldman went on his whole spiel about that. And he was a huge, um, 90s actor. Huge 80s. 80s. No, not, not yeah, 90s. yeah, you're right. You're 80s. right. You're right. 80s. Yeah, you're right. Like more like yeah, 80s. He's right. in, in part in the beginning of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, like part. That's what. Yeah. Huge, him and Corey Haim, the two Corys, man. Yeah. Huge in the 80s. Yeah, and they they like yeah. ran shit back then. You know, as far as like the cool movies Lost that we grew Boys, up on. License to Drive. Yeah. The Goonies. The Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch. I can't remember all the movies. I, I can't tell you how many movies I watched that. Off the top of my head, I can't even remember the names, but definitely seen him in tons of stuff. But all that stuff you heard, and you're like, Jesus, when you heard the stories from him. If if they're true, granted, you're not hearing the other side necessarily, so I understand that. But yeah, it's a, uh, you know. Well, I think, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just uh, I, I'll be honest with you. Well, and then you had you had Macaulay Culkin, too, in the Home Alone, and then his, his parent, or his dad, I think it was, like, all the money from his, because he was obviously ultra famous from the Home Alone movies and made gazillions of oh, dollars. Yeah. And they had the money put into a certain fund because obviously he was like, I don't remember how old he was. Let's say he was eight or 10 or something. Not obviously ready to take care of all that kind of money. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. But then, and then his mom or whatever, his dad or whatever, they were like taking the money from him. They were like stealing the money and all this stuff. And then you had the same thing with uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell. Um, and I can't remember that, his. That's, that's, yeah, these, these Hollywood parents, that's, they, not all they, of them, but. Yeah, not all, but some of them get in there, you know, and then you had the whole thing with like, and this is totally not actor related, but you know, same thing with Britney Spears, same kind of thing, you know, like these parents get involved and then they, they get, you know, they probably go into it with the right reasons, but then they're like, Oh my, my kid just made, you know, $4 million, you know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever, some retarded amount of money. And then you have, and then you have these parents that get a little greedy and start being like, well, I mowed some of this, you know what I mean? Because I did whatever, you know, I sacrificed this. And then next thing you know, these kids get out of that childhood uh, actor, uh, actress time period. And they go want to go on their life and do something else. And they should be set for life based on what they made. And their parents should have invested. And, and they've, they, been, they've been robbed. Blind. They've been robbed. And they're like, you know, like Screech had that big thing. Um, and I feel, um, what was it? Dustin Diamond, sorry. Um, Dustin Diamond, you know, had a big thing where he was like, he was doing comedy up till when he died. He was doing like stand up, just cheesy stand up shows at like clubs. You know what I mean? Because he didn't have any money. I mean, he had, I'm sure he had yeah. some money, but he, he should have had a fortune from Saved by the Bell. Like, you know, he should be like on a, you know, on an island somewhere, but he didn't get to have that before he died because a lot of that stuff was uh, allegedly taken from him. Yeah, but none of those kids were, I mean, they couldn't have made that much money, they, you know, from Saved by the Bell. I mean, because it was, I mean, yeah, it was a huge show, but I mean, that was probably some of the same stuff that was, I'm just kind of curious as to how much they actually made and how much they're making on the back end because that show is still on syndication oh, I know. on multiple channels. I, I'm at work and pop the TV on in the kitchen and it's like Zach Morris is there on freaking TV and I'm like, shit, I haven't seen this since I was freaking 18 years old. Yeah, my daughter, it's funny, my daughter got to the age like, she's almost 14 now, she's 13, but almost 14 and uh, she got to the age like, I want to say it was like two years ago maybe something like that where she started cause she, she's old enough to not like, she doesn't watch like Dora or anything like that anymore. You know, like when you're a kid, you watch those kind of shows, but now she's to the age where she's watching like the shows I used to watch in the nineties. So it's really, right. it's really kind of fun for me. Cause she like, she loves full house. Um, you know, the show full house, not, not fuller house, like the new reboot one. Is she, 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 she tried it, but, but she really, <laughs> she watched the whole se- the entire seat, the whole series of full house. I think three times. I mean, from first episode, right. like, cause she was, I was like, you watching this again? She's like, 
yeah, I really like this show. And I was like, wow. Dude, I used cool. to watch that show. I used to watch, it was Friday night when I was like a teenager, man. It was, uh, it was Full House and then Mr. Belvedere. Well, I remember, I did watch Mr. Belvedere. I don't remember what days they were on. I'm fr- well, T- it was Friday TJF night, was man. definitely, yeah. It was yeah. Friday night. It was, uh, that was, it was like, uh, yeah, Full House, Mr. Belvedere, and then, then at, at that, in Dallas. What about? And then I can't. What about, I can't even remember what came on at ten o'clock. What about the most know. important show in the eighties? V. <laughs> That's pretty good, but no. Chips? V's bad. Yes, Chips was the <laughs> Chips? best, dude. Chips was the best. That was my favorite show, dude. Always these like badass fucking wrecks at the beginning of every episode. Well, do, you, do you still have that autograph, Eric Estrada photo? I do. I do. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to my, shout out to my sister. You know what I mean? Got me that off the wall in Applebee's. But uh, dude, Eric Eric Estrada. I've heard Eric Estrada is probably one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet, as far as what celebrities go. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've, and, never, um, I've never met him. That would be incredible. Like he, meet that man would be amazing. Because he's one of those guys that's like, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself or make fun of yourself, what's the point, man? You got to be able to. Well, and that you whole know, show was like goofball. You can't like, take yourself too seriously. That whole show wasn't like a serious cop show, obviously, because they, they never drew their weapons. I think he drew his weapon like one time. Um, they never ever, you know, all they did was point fingers at people, you know? Yeah, but there were a lot of launched vehicles and car explosions. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The, <laughs> like, I was showing my daughter, and she was like, why do you like the show? I was like, watch. And we just watched, like, I don't know, just pick an episode and just watch, like, a random episode or whatever. And, uh, and like, every episode at the beginning is some, like, you know, some hot dog guy road raging on the highway, you know, in, in California. And then there's, like, some massive, like, 36-car pile up and tractor trailers wrecking and cars jumping all over the place, you know? Yeah, I, the thing the thing when that show was still on, prime time because it was on what Saturday? I think it was Saturday. I think it was Saturdays. Yeah, I think it was like eight o'clock Saturday. Yeah, because I uh, yeah, right. Because it was Chips and Night Rider. Then the, no, no, Night Rider was Sunday. Oh, was it, was it? Chips, The Love Boat, and then Fantasy Island. <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch The Love Boat that much. Or uh, Fantasy Island, I remember a little bit, but it, no, I don't watch The Love Boat. You didn't watch the Lobo, man? No, I should now that I like cruising so much. You would think I'd be. What the hell is the same, man? They're you're, doing you're, a reboot. I, they, I have heard they're doing. You uh, call yourself a, a, a travel agent? Now you don't really watch the Lobo? <laughs> well, appa- <laughs> hey, apparently they're doing uh, two, two different networks CBS and I heard CBS and another one are both doing reality shows, romance reality shows on cruise ships. Sign me up, dude. Yeah, so it's and now they're not out Just yet, but they're like, they're like filming it or no, they're filming it now. Or it's already being filmed, or maybe it's already done. But you know, like it takes long to do it. So that's kind of interesting. And there was some other show. I'm trying to remember the name of it. There was um, it's on HBO Max. You have to have the HBO Max uh, subscription. But there's another show, and I can't mm-hmm. remember the name of it. But it had episode that was filmed filmed on Harmony of the Seas, the Royal Caribbean's Oasis class ship. And they had that movie recently. Um, oh, what was that movie? I watched the movie with uh. Uh, Dreyfus and oh god Richard Dreyfus yeah Richard Dreyfus and what's the girl's name from um shit uh but they filmed the movie on Harmony of the Seas and I, it was actually and uh, it was actually funny because I had a friend of mine uh who's an agent in this area a uh, real estate agent and she loves her and her family love cruising as well and she was actually on the ship when they filmed the movie because they didn't right. they didn't like buy the whole ship you know what I mean like what they did was you get a normal pat like my my friend's not a movie star or anything but they were offered to be extras. You know, you, you give, they'll mm-hmm. give you like, they give you like 50 bucks for the day and you spend eight hours or 10 hours doing whatever they want you to do on the ship. Um, right. they, they turned it down because they didn't want to waste their 10 hours of their day doing that. And plus she has two kids and stuff like that. Um, God, what's her name? Um, what's the girl's fuck? Um, what was she in? 
that that movie where, that movie with uh dancing where they're uh he's Ted, like the Ted devil Danson? yeah ted Danson, where he's like they, the the good the evil the bad place the evil place what's it called the good good place what's that girl's name in the good place did you ever see that show yeah I, I can't remember uh, hold, on, hold on i'm gonna look it up now because that's gonna drive me nuts but anyway um they were on the ship during the filming of it and they would like block off um certain sections right. of the ship you know during the during when they were filming that uh, uh Kristen bell Kristen, oh my buddy. Yeah. So, but he's like, you talking about blonde Kristen? Yeah, Bell? Kristen Bell. She was in um, Frozen too. She yeah. was in she was Anna and Frozen. Yeah, she was in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, she was in a whole bunch of movies. Well, they, yeah, my she, buddy. Uh, well, she said my buddy was he went out with her in high school. Oh, well, she, she. You know who I'm talking about too. You know the guy. Give me give me a first initial, or give me the first initial of the last name. First name is first name or first initial is S. Of what? Of their first name or last name? Of their first name. Is S? S. Someone you worked with briefly. Oh, all right. I don't know that, but it'll come to me I'll later. say his first name is Scott. Oh, with last initial A? That's correct, sir. Okay, I know who you're talking about now. Um, but um, yeah, my friend was actually said it was really, she met her on the ship right they, they were at the, like the um i know this is like totally off topic but they were at the um water theater in the back like doing a you know mm-hmm. a show and they had kids of course my friend has like two kids and um so they right. of course had to take the kids to the bathroom because kids have to go to the bathroom all the time and she's standing out you know like standing outside the kids are old enough to go in the bathroom by themselves so or maybe the husband went in with the bathroom or with the kids or whatever i don't remember because it's two boys so maybe that's what it was so she's standing outside the bathroom area you know waiting for the people to come out of the bathroom and she looks next right. to her and she's standing right next to Kristen bell <laughs> and just talk, like talking to her They're, like small conversation but just talking to her just like yeah just waiting on them to come out you know got that, that normal conversation or whatever she's like oh my god you're Kristen bell like so, they were actually on the ship and stuff. Like that was pretty cool. That'd been epic. I would have loved that to be on there. I would have. Been, I would have been an extra. I don't care how long it would have been. That would have been great. Well, no. Speaking of chips, the thing that was so cool about chips was I was living in California at the time. I was on prime time. Were you really? That's that's why it was extra cool for me when I was a kid. Did you ever? Did you ever see him filming it or anything? Well, no, man. But every time I was out on like freaking highway and shit, I was looking for Eric Estrada and John and Posh, dude. <laughs> Because they had, but they had to like, because those were really filmed. Like they didn't do CGI stuff back then, so those I I believe all this stuff was really filmed in like the Hollywood, uh, you know, the air, the California um, highway system, right? Oh yeah, that I mean, was that wasn't like filmed. on some set somewhere. I mean, I, I can't imagine they have that elaborate of a set somewhere. So well, no, because you uh, you see like certain pieces, like they'll be filmed. Like a lot of it, I think, I remember a lot of it was like certain you know places in LA, and then certain they did like certain stuff on like Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah, you know stuff like that, and um, they used to see them all over the place. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, that's uh, that show was a good show for California Highway Patrol. Yeah, that was a great. That was like the best show. I love that show so much. That was just so. It was just so funny. Plus, it it had the best freaking song, the best intro. Yeah, the fucking bass drum kicking. Fucking the horn. Yeah, that was badass. <laughs> and then and they always did that like cheesy like, like the, the, yeah. but then at the end they always did that like remember yeah. that the end scene was always like Ponch and John and like whatever the other guys were called. I can't remember all their names, but they always have like they're joking about whatever just happened on the show, you know, and they're like, Yeah, that's when I like and then they pause the picture and they're like in the middle of their laugh, you know, and they go to the next guy. He's like <laughs> And then they pause the picture. It was like such cheesy stuff, but it's so funny. 
that was a great show, man. They, yeah, those were good shows back then. I don't know how we got on the subject though, from uh, from Geiger to Chips, but um, yeah. Well, so well, getting back, getting back to to Red Ranger material, uh, just just uh, to, to to cap it. Anybody out there that that's seeing it in the mainstream media, just kind of take it for what it is. Don't I mean? if it's out there in print, it doesn't mean it's necessarily what's really happening. It doesn't mean that that's what's really, that he's guilty, you know, cause that's, that's the problem with today's, you know, you know, the times is so many people are, you know, you know, basically convicted guilty in the court of public opinion. And it, it happens too much these days. It's crazy. Like you brought up Johnny Depp. And it's kind of funny because, like, you know, the Johnny Depp trial is going on literally two miles down the street from my parents' house. And um, <laughs> where you and I grew up, JP, Jason. Yeah. So I didn't know it was, it was uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. And the thing that's kind of wild is my uh, buddy of mine, he was uh, going through a, uh, some court proceedings of his own. And, um, my dog's saying hi. What's up, Jake? He was going through some, some court proceedings of his own in the courtroom right below where Amber Heard and Johnny Depp were at the same time. So it was kind of, it's kind of wild. I, and I was, first, I was first, I'm like, why, why the hell is that trial happening? You know, and my parents, you know, where my parents live in Fairfax, Virginia. Well, why is it happening in Fairfax? That's I, yeah, that's where my parents I live too, yeah. Right, and, and shout you know, out Springfield. Right yeah, right there in Fairfax City at the at the Massey Building and um at the courthouse. And I'm like, why? why I've been to court there fuck? before. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why the fuck are they having it here? And or there, excuse me. And um, basically, it's because the the op-ed piece that I guess Amber Heard did for the Washington Post was uh... what was what part of what Johnny Depp was uh you know, suing her for defamation of character. And, um, I didn't know that. See, I didn't know that's where they were doing. That's really cool. Cause yeah, I've done but like, traffic. The reason, the reason why they're in Fairfax is because that's where Fairfax County is where the Washington post's headquarters. Is, so. Yeah. So I guess owned by Jeff Bezos. Owned by Jeff Bezos. Don't even get me started. Yeah. It, that. yeah that, uh, that's the only thing funny. I don't follow the Johnny Depp case that much. Cause I'm not into like dumb drama stuff. Like I just don't care about uh, most of that stuff. But at the same time, I do think this, the funniest thing is, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to really basically paraphrase this case from what I understand of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real basic. Cause I don't read about it. Okay. But he, she accused him of doing something. Right. Cause I don't mm-hmm. know the specifics cause I didn't read about it. Okay. Right. All the fucking people jumped on the bandwagon. Right. And we're like, fuck Johnny Depp. He's a fucking man. Whatever. All this stuff. Right. Fuck this. Well, no, he got, he got, he lost. You know, like that's that's part right. Of the right, right. What I'm saying, like, is, is, is Jack Sparrow character is, is gone now. Right. No, I understand that, but all these people jumped all over this stuff. Sh- jumped on shit. This is the thing I'm talking about with them putting out names. Like, I understand the like journalism, which I think journalism is dead anyway. But but journalism, oh, yeah. like, they have their little agenda that they have to do too. And I and I I respect it if you're a real journalist. But if you're any of these other Yahoo, and I'd like to, let me shout out two real journalists out there. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's uh, I mean, Laura my, Logan. Yeah, Laura Logan. John Stossel. I'll just say those two for right now. Yeah. I mean, my dad, my dad, um, he has, he got his college degree in journalism and they was because right. my, my grandfather on my dad's side, he was like, he, they grew up in um, Minneapolis, like the twin cities area. 
right? And he, my dad, my holy grandfather, crap. <laughs> holy crap. Um, my, oh, my, my grandfather was like a huge reporter there. And he had, yeah. he had a golden ticket where he could go anywhere in the twin cities to any event and get in all the time because he was press. Like, yeah, like the he, press ticket, man. but I mean, but like they called it the golden ticket. Like he, there were certain levels, I guess, from what I understand from what my dad told me anyway. So my dad was a journalism major. Wait, um, is that, is that, is that Willy Wonka level? This is the yes. Yeah. Ticket. Yeah. Yeah. You get the golden yeah. ticket, you get the, the bubble gum and all this stuff. But, uh, and the Oompa Loompas. But, um, but yeah, nowadays, <laughs> nowadays it's all like, it's funny because like now, like I'm sure my, I, I, not, I don't want to quote my dad or anything. Cause he's never said this, but I can't imagine if he went back to college now and he's like, well, past college age at this point, but if you know what I call it, you would never get a journalism major now. What's the point? You know, any, any, it's, it's not fucking any, journalism. Any di- it's activism. Yeah. Any, any dick fuck can get a, make a podcast. Right, Bobby? Shit. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke, people. But um, yeah. So yeah. So it makes me sick though that all these people jumped on board and were like, "Fuck Johnny Depp," and then uh, and then uh, you know then like I said, I don't follow the case. But then you hear the stories about how he's like just slaying this girl in court because everything she's saying isn't true, right? And, well, and, he's got he's got all of pretty much all of legitimate Hollywood basically backing his ass too. Right, right. And then now all of a sudden and, the, those same fucking yeah. Tweedledees that were fucking like, yeah, fuck Johnny, blah, 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 girls' rights, man. We love you, Johnny now, now they're like, Yeah, now they're all like, oh, we love you, Johnny. But now she's just, such a liar. His name has been oh drugged through the mud. He's like, like, I didn't know about the Sparrow thing, but like, you know, if they've removed his character and all this stuff, I mean, that's fucking horrible. And that's what I don't, and being, bring it back in a circle here. Um, you know, doing a callback here as they call in the comedy world. That's what I don't want to happen to Geiger. Like, right. I don't know if he did what he did, that's bad. And he will, will probably face the, um, you know, because it's saying that, he's going probably, that, that each of them are possibly facing up to 20 years. Yeah, and, if he, and if he really did it, then he may really deserve the that's 20 horrible. years. That's for a, that's for a judge to decide, not me. But if he didn't do it and his name is getting dragged through the mud, um, it's horrible. That's freaking horrible because either way, yeah. and we talked about this pre-show. Either way, his career, as far as um, not necessarily as a paramedic or anything, but his career as you know a Power Ranger and doing like because he still does the circuit of like autograph sessions and Comic Cons right. and whatever else they do. You know, that, like I said, I don't follow that stuff, but you know, he's still I'm sure getting kickbacks from that in some way or another, and that may all go away because I don't know who makes the Marty Morphin Power Rangers show and movies. Like I don't know who the company is that runs all that stuff but they may not want that as a, a, you know, that associated with them anymore, especially if he's found guilty. And if he, and then if they, if they cut him now, let's say, and then he goes to court and they, you know, say he's not guilty or he drops, they drop the case on him. Maybe they go after the other people, but not him or something like that. I mean, right. he still could be fucked and that's not, well, that's name, not fair. Yeah, and that's, that's and linking that to this line of work. Yeah. I mean, Granted, one of the reasons why we brought this topic up is one, we know him, and two, he was a fellow firefighter paramedic. Yeah. You know, and and what this also, when we start talking about the court of public opinion or just accusations in general, and this sounds a little bit more than accusations because he was actually charged, but allegedly he's done these things. No one, I mean, we don't. He has, you know, like you said, innocent until proven guilty. We don't. Yep. I mean, he could be completely innocent. Yep. But it's the same thing, say in, you know, in our world. It, you know, every time I step in the back of an ambulance, and it is, or you know, or one of my coworkers steps in the back of an ambulance, whether it's female or male, you know, if you step in the back of the ambulance, and a lot of times you're back there with the patient by yourself, unless it's 
you know, something that's you're working on someone trying to bring them back or it's a massive trauma and you need multiple people back to your multiple sets of hands. Um, if you're back there by yourself with no witnesses, like say I'm back there with, for lack of a better way of putting it, say I'm back there with an Amber Heard. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, who I just reach across to push a button on the life pack monitor, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The life pack. And I accidentally, you know, just accidentally, you know, just because it's such tight quarters in there, I just accidentally like, like elbow her breast on accident or whatnot. Yeah. And she makes accusations against me that I sexually assaulted her. Yeah. Two things are going to happen immediately. One, I'm relieved of duty and I go on administrative leave until further notice. Paid administrative two, leave, yeah. Then two, I'm guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, which is and that, bullshit. That is, that is the fact because it's her word against mine. Or if it's a male back there with a female paramedic, it's his word against her. Yep. And you're literally fucked until you prove yourself innocent. But if you're the only two people back there, how the fuck are you going to do that? Well, well, Unless, I'll tell you what. Now, now that's that's one of the reasons why there are cameras in the back of rigs now. Yep. Thank God. Yep. And that's another reason why a lot of us are wearing body cams now. Well, that's so, what for those very reasons. Yeah, and same thing with cops too. There's actually a really good cop yeah. show called Body Cams or something that was really good. Yeah. That I watched it for a while. But yeah, when where I worked in my uh, you know previous job in my county department, we actually had new ambulances and they all had the camera system where the the driver could see what was going on in the back. Because, you know, mm -hmm. we did not, um, I'm trying to remember, actually, I don't think our units were walk through. Some ambulances have like a little walkthrough door, you know, for little people that can like <laughs> squeeze through that little door and you can get to the back. Most of them just have a cubby. Well, hold on. What do you mean little people? Like people that are not fat like me. Um, that's, that's not very politically correct. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. I don't care. But, but like, <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm, but, I'm I'm like but most ambulances have like the little window that you can slide you say open. say what you want. Yeah. But, and, but he could, he or she in the front could see a camera doing it. Also, those cameras were on a secured, um, I don't know what you call it. It's not a, the, the, the chiefs would come around and they could pull the, it saved the data. I want to say for two days to 48 hours or something like that, if I remember correctly. So everything it records was for 48 hours. And then at any point, the chiefs could come around to the state, to the, you know, where your station is, stand by your unit and then log into it through a little computer thing they had and then download the file. Right. You know, so, so, if there is like, if you transported, let's say you're, you know, you're a guy medic, right. And, and you have to transport some girl, right. For whatever, right. whatever and you're just you and her in the back. And then you get even a whiff of something that's like, could come, come of it. Like she's like, seems like she might try to press charges about, or she's saying you touched my boob or something, you know, and you obviously didn't do that or whatever. You could tell your chief that of course they're going to pull you off. Like you said, you're probably going to go on administrative leave with pay and stuff until they figure it out. But they're going to immediately go to that ambulance and pull that, those tapes. And then that's proof that you didn't do it or you, you know, God forbid if you did do something horrible like that, but it's on camera then. And that was like really right. cool. And then for me, I could say, because I worked, that was late in my career at my County where we got trucks that had that stuff in it. Um, for me, if I was transporting a girl patient, I either always tried to have the girl provider who was on maybe another truck, you know, have them come to right. the scene and they take her. If it's something where you're like, I don't know, like something horrible, like, um, like a rape victim, right? Or something like that. And we would go to those calls oh, a lot yeah. as medics, right? And then sometimes certain kind of calls, and people may or may not know this, and if you go to a hospital, it's on the same kind of thing. At some point, depending on the type of call, you may have to expose the patient 
uh, in their private areas, right? Right. To, for different professional reasons, right? Um, if I'm dealing with even, someone- Even doing something is doing a 12 lead EKG. You yeah, 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 to, yeah. Yo, yeah, for that you kind most of- likely have to, the female has to take her shirt off yeah, and you take have to the undo the bra just to get a, a proper 12 lead EKG. That's why even like, that's a good point, Jay. Even doing that, sets you up for a possibility of someone complaining if you know so that's why in a majority of cases if, if i have the option of having someone back there as a witness i'm gone yeah that's what like with me i, I rode every time not all the time but majority of the time i rode with a male partner as well um just how look at the draw for where i worked or whatever it just happened to be that way but what i would do and i was always friendly with my patients of course and you explained them look i gotta you know i'm doing a 12 lead it's gonna take a 3d picture of your heart basically um so we have to go, you know, do, do, do down under your left breast. Okay. Um, we're going to put these stickers. Do, 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 do. And uh, so I am going to have to move your breast up or I'm going to have to move, you know, do you already have the bra off and the shirt, you know, eventually you tell them like, I got to take your shirt off, right. take your bra off. I got to hook it, whatever. And I got to go down under your left breast. Um, you know, first of all, is that okay? You know, and they all, I've never had anyone say no to that because they, they understand they call 911 for a reason. And then my partner, I always had him or if it was a girl partner, it didn't matter, but someone in the back with me, when we did that, usually I might even have them do it. And then there's two of us back there and one of her. So that way, if anything is said, at least if nothing else, we have a second witness, you know, and we right. always did it very professionally. Like, ma'am, it's going to be quick. These are going to be cold. These, it's just a gel that's in here in these little stickers. It'll take like, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds or so to put everything on. It won't be very long. And then we'll right. cover you. We'll cover you right back up with all your dignity. We'll put a sheet over you, blanket, whatever you want, you know, you know, that kind of thing. And they were always cool with it, but you always had to tell them. And then sometimes, um, like you said, like a rape charge or some sort of a, a miscarriage or maybe any birthing stuff, anything like that. Like you have to, you know, you have to go downstairs sometimes and you just explain to them, look, I got to do this real quick. It's going to be quick and to the point, you know, that's it. You know, you got to check if, if it's an OB call, you got to see if they're crowning and stuff like that. Sometimes you got to do that and you just tell them real quick, we got to do this and then we'll cover you right back up. You know? All right. And the majority of the time, and they're all cool. With, uh, Most if, you, of my- if you have a, if you have a female that's full term, she doesn't, give a shit oh yeah and I she's always, already in so much pain and discomfort that you know she's like do what you gotta do yeah i mean i always yeah. i always told people my joke that i always used with people in the line of work was like all right well um hey how long you're you know for let's say ob call like okay how many right. are you still are you having contractions yes how you know is this your first kid yes okay cool how far away your contra- you know how far apart are your contractions blah, blah blah okay do you think did you notice if you're crowning or not did you happen to you know depending on where they were when it started you know did you notice that uh, maybe they're right. home in the bathroom or something. They noticed it. Who knows? But, but you know, and they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, well, I got to do the nasty and check. Okay. And they're like, they're like, no, it's okay. And I was like, sorry, I just got to do it. It's gonna be real quick. I just got to look, you know, da, da, da. And then I looked like, okay, cool. You're not crowning. Cool. And that, and you know, real quick. And if there, obviously if there's a girl there, I'd have, if I have a girl partner or a girl third that's riding with us, who maybe is an EMT or something like that. I mean, they can check that stuff too. So if someone like that, I'm gonna have the girl do it. But if it's just well, that's me, why I love like, having a female partner, man. Oh yeah, that's you know? the bad. If you have a female partner, it's great it's like, because it's a, if it's any one of those situations, like you're patient. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've had you that. Know? I had that. Like, I mean, and it goes the other way too because I had a um uh, a funny patient that I transport. I actually ended up transporting this guy three different times. I think I might have told you the story a while ago, but this is the male version of that kind of thing. He uh right. he had, he was sent home from the hospital for whatever he was at the hospital for, and he was sent home with a, a catheter, a Foley catheter. Um, and for people that don't know that tube goes up your, your, you know, your urethra, your dick hole. Right. And it goes in your bladder and inside your bladder, there's a little air bubble thing that you outside your body, you squeeze a syringe in, it blows up the bladder inside your, inside your bladder. And that way that tube is saline or uh, is it saline on those or air? 
Yeah, it's saline on okay. those. Okay, so saline on those. Because it keeps it keeps so so it's kind of weighted. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Right. Yeah, because I know like ET, ET tubes are with air, but okay. So right. so anyway, yeah. So basically, it blows up the balloon in there, and then for locking it, so it doesn't just come out, right? Like it right. doesn't just fall out when you're walking because gravity would just fall out, like when you're walking right. around. So right. So this guy uh, had to go into the bathroom for something like during the nighttime, like two or three in the morning. Right. Had to go in the bathroom for something. Um, starts walking out because he's going back to bed or whatever. He what, brushes teeth or something. So now he's going ready to go to bed, and he walks out and he and he closes the door real hard behind him. And he the tube got caught under the door or on the corner of the door, oh. and, and it ripped it ripped the catheter completely out of his his dick. Right. So so we we meet this guy at the end of the driveway. Engine's already there because it was their first do. So they're way before us. So we pull up and I'm like, oh shit. You know, it's it's this guy, it's Matt or whatever his name was, right? I don't remember. I knew his name back then. And we always joke. And keep, it, keep in mind for our listeners that that cup that you just talked about, filling with saline solution that keeps it anchored inside the bladder, is probably about eight times the size of a normal urethra. Right, right. So it's like it's like that'd be. I don't want to say this because it sounds horrible, but basically like a guy giving birth, <laughs> like, like that pain, oh. that pain. And I know that's not doing it justice, ladies. I'm not trying to be offensive or anything, but to a guy that would be extremely painful. Um, so anyway, we get him on the truck and we're going to the hospital, right? Cause he needs to check and make sure he didn't do any damage when that was yanked out. Right. Like that. And of course, then he also has to get a new one put in and his, oh, that'll and, where be I, and when I worked as a, <laughs> where I worked as a paramedic, we don't put uh Foley's in. I know hospital paramedics sometimes can do stuff in the field. We don't do that stuff. So we're taking him to the hospital and, and I knew this guy had run him before. Um, he went to a rival college of mine and played football at a rival college. So we used to always like razz each other on these other calls we've been on, like just talking trash back and forth in a friendly way. And uh, so he's like, he's like, Jason, man, it hurts so bad. I'm like, that's cool, man. I was like, I understand. Like, dude, I, I feel horrible. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, this is, this is horrible. And he's like, he's like, he's like, Hey man, he's like, I, I feel weird. I feel weird asking dude, but, my dick okay and i was like and, he, and he's wearing he's wearing like shorts he's like you know night person he's t-shirts and shorts and probably and he has underwear on i'm sure and uh and i'm like yeah i don't know because i'm trying to avoid it too you know what i mean but then then, <laughs> then finally like he's like he's like all right all right i said all right dude i gotta uh i gotta do the nasty brother because <laughs> i don't want to touch some other dudes you know stuff but uh so i so i'm like all right gotta do it he's like no do what you gotta do and he's looking at me like he's terrified. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to look down there and just like hamburger meat or whatever, you know? And, and I, and I, you know, do his thing and I pull his pants aside or over or whatever I had to do. And I, and I look in there and I go, I move it, you know, his dick a little bit. And I'm like, yep. Looks like a normal dick. He goes, Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> but, but it's the same thing. So, okay, so my point is that that story is also to be, you know, let you know there's comedy and EMS, but, but also like there's a nasty side to the guys too. Cause may, you know, girls may not want to do that to a guy either. You know what I mean? Just like we don't want to, you know, see if you're crowning necessarily and stuff like that. Like, but it's part of the job, you know. Uh, but yeah, you definitely want to for future paramedics or current paramedics, if you don't already know this, in those situations, make sure you're covering your butt. Like, if you feel that a patient's kind of squirrely, or like, for instance, a girl that just went through a rape thing. Yeah. I, I mean, they are obviously Extra so sensitive. much, just yeah, sensitive. But but also like that whole situation is fucking disgusting and horrible. Um, right. And I've, I mean, I had, I remember I had a quite, this was a long time, but this one I was an EMT way back in the day, but I even had a case where, um, there was uh rape, harsh rape thing. I mean, I guess all rapes are harsh, but like a really bad scene. Cops were there. Like this was fresh, like re- right after the incident, basically kind of thing. 
And, right. um, and we had to check the, the police asked us to check the girl because they have to take pictures of stuff. If there's like bruising or that kind of stuff. And they wanted us right. to check, you know, get the girl in the back of the ambulance and, and she didn't want to go to the hospital, but they wanted to check the girl and have us check if she had marks. Okay. Um, right. and, and, and obviously let them know. And then they'll get a team, a girl in there to do like, they can call a girl officer to do other parts later, but they were working on that on their end. And so we had to do that. So obviously in that, and that, like you said, that time I had a girl partner with me. So we got her into the unit and then I got help get everything set up and we held up, like put up blankets on the windows and stuff like that. Like got them so they, no one could see in. And then once she was ready to do the thing, I left the ambulance. I got completely out of the ambulance. My partner who was also an EMT, you know, derobed the girl and had her, I guess, I'm assuming had her like spin and see if they could see any obvious trauma anywhere. And then when we were done, of course, she called me back in. Of course, the girl's fully dressed again at that point. And then we reported to the police what we found. And then they, you know, hey, do you want to go with the ambulance? No, I'm okay. And then she's like, okay, we're going to take you down to the station. And da, da, that, not as arresting you, but like as a, you know, because they have to do processing and rape kits and different things like that. Or take her to the hospital, whatever, whatever they had to do next. Wasn't our, wasn't our call anymore after that. But yeah. Yeah, so. in, a, in, a, in a situation like that, like you said, man, especially if there's, it's, if you don't have a female partner or there's nobody, if the engine's there and you don't have a female in the engine, but you do have like a female cop, any female that you have on the scene, use. Or if you need to call and, a female. You know, use them, use them as like a, like, like a chaperone in there with you just so they feel more comfortable. Because after a traumatic, you know, say rape or any type of assault like that, you know, they're, they're going to be extra heightened as far as, you know, sensitive to, they're not going to want to be around you know, a group of guys. Yeah. Most and, likely. and sometimes like and it's going to be a very uncomfortable. Well, I know on our shift um, where I worked like nine, one stuff, like uh, we had, I mean, I, I want to say we had a total of two, I think maybe three. I can name two right off the top of my head, but we had two medics. I mean, uh, well, they're both medics too, but two uh, female medics that worked on our shift. So, right. and, and we had, you know, I don't know, like 10 units staffed or whatever. We didn't have a whole bunch of units in our County. Uh, so you kind of learned, you would know probably throughout the day, you know, if someone called out or whatever, like that kind of thing. So, you know, so obviously if you get to a scene and it's not urgent, you might want to like, if you're going to that kind of call, let's say you get dispatched to that, like a rape call or something like that. And you know that your unit's going, which is two dudes, the engine's going, that's three dudes. And let's say a second medic is coming or something like that, or whatever is dudes. And maybe the cop on scene, you might know them maybe possibly in that zone, they're going to be all uh, males too. You may want to go ahead and let dispatch know to dispatch engine with female on it and don't say that, but just say whatever their number is or, or just add medic so-and-so to the call who might be the medic with the female on it. And that way you can get them down the road coming, especially now this is if it's not life or death situation, life or death situation, no one cares anymore. They go, all that shit goes out the window. You just do what you got to do. But if it's something like that, where, you know, she's, she's okay. She's out of the traumatic situation as far as the physical harm. Now you just want to make her as comfortable as you can in that situation. And then obviously let police do their part of it as well then you could wait, uh, you know, five minutes for the female person to get there. Or like you said, if they have a female officer, you know, send the female officer. If you have a Spanish, same thing, if you have a Spanish speaking person on a scene, you need a police might have a Spanish speaking officer, you know, EMS might have a Spanish speaking person, you know, of on nearby that can come to, you know, use your resources, right. people. That's all I'm saying. And be safe about it and document it for yourself. All right. I think we kind of beat that to death. Um, I wanted to give, are you good with that uh, part right there? Are we done? Yeah. No. All right, cool. Absolutely. I want to do a, a kind of a sad story that also uh, unfortunately involves paramedics. Um, now I just saw this report. Actually, my wife pointed out to me a couple of days ago, I believe. Um, 
Today's today. Today is uh, Thursday. So yeah, it was uh, a couple days ago actually. Um, unfortunately, in let me find the name here. I want. I don't want to butcher this. Take your time, man. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the gym itself. This happened at a gym, like a like a where people go work out kind of gym. You know. Um, it's a twenty-four hour. Yeah, twenty-four hour gym. This was in. Looks like it's in St. Charles, Missouri. I don't know where St. Charles, Missouri is, but apparently it's in Missouri. Um, a paramedic, 23-year-old female paramedic by the name of Dolores, and her nickname was Dolo, D-O-L-O, and I'm going to try to pronounce your last name, uh, Boshert, B-O-S-C-H-E-R-T, Boshert. Um, she was tragically killed uh, early Tuesday morning. Uh, she went to, allegedly what the story, I'm reading this on, this is through People Magazine, people.com. Um, Missouri paramedic died on Tuesday morning after an accident at a local gym. Um, apparently, from what the article was reading, she was on the Smith machine, doing work on the Smith machine, where she ended up becoming crushed by weights. Um, there were no, no one else. It was a 24-hour gym, meaning they have, which I didn't know 24-hour gyms didn't have any employees there. I didn't know that. I thought they always had to have at least one. Um, yeah, you're given like a key fob. Yeah, and I, like I, I, after I, hours. I, the one I had when I went to a 24 hours gym, there's always like an employee at like the front desk. They didn't really do much, but they were there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I guess if you needed something or whatever. Apparently, right. maybe that's that was a long time ago to be fair too. But um, there was no one else there allegedly when this happened. Um, they're obviously doing an ongoing investigation because this just happened Tuesday morning. Um, a, a citizen, another citizen, came to the gym at about 2:50 in the morning and found her under the weights un unresponsive um, and started to try to help her, obviously, to do like stuff they could help her with. Um, and then uh, obviously called 911 immediately. And the uh, sheriff's office, or the police department that went out there you know, during this whole spiel of everything um, said right now they do not believe it was any sort of foul play, that they believe it was just an accident that happened at a gym. Um, and she was uh, recently, hold on, I just want to read this here. She worked for the Christian Hospital EMS System and she was recently given the Paramedic of the Year Award. Um, Jess was named as their Paramedic of the Year Award. Um, so she was an up-and-coming up paramedic. Like, sounds like she was uh, a real go-getter, real good at her job. So I just want to give a quick uh, RIP to Dolores Beauchert. So RIP Delo Dolores Beauchert. Jeez. Yeah, that was sad. So I just want to give her God a shout-out. Yeah, that's God horrible. bless, and that's horrible. And I don't know... Um, I mean, my wife and I kind of talked about this a little bit because, like I told you, I didn't. I thought there was always someone there. Um, I don't know if that's something that maybe needs to be addressed. I don't know how. I'm not a gym rat, like Bobby. I know you're kind of a gym rat. Um, I don't know what people who go to those gyms like late like that, like if they would feel more comfortable if there was at least one person there that they could say help, help, or you know, or whatever or something. I don't know. Right. I mean, what? I mean, because because like at a gym, like you're obviously working out, you're stressing your heart. You know, I mean, obviously getting crushed by weights is a, is probably a more of a fluke thing, but, but well, like, I mean, it could have been a number of things. Like if she was, uh, you know, usually with the Smith machine and the Smith is basically like a, like a full size bar that's connected to the rack and it's on rails to where yeah, it's I thought it had, supported. Cause I thought it locked you're, you're in on, certain it positions. Yeah. But the only thing is if you're doing like say flat bench or even incline bench or even for squats, um, or you see a lot of women do like with the Smith's machine, they'll do hip thrusts, like where they'll, they'll lean halfway lean against the bench and then they'll have the weight of the bar, like on their, on their pelvis and they'll shift up. Uh, you know, it works their glutes. Okay. But, um, well this, this, this report so it sounds like she was either, she was either benching 
or she was possibly uh, squatting. No, this, I, I'm gonna. Well, this, and it, it, I'm gonna say she was probably benching, and then she just she didn't have a spotter, and she 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 probably you know it sounds like most likely got crushed by the weights on 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 her upper chest. Well, that's what I was gonna you know, tell is, you. I didn't want to interrupt, but I, I I forgot to say that when I was reading the article. It does the police chief there, um, and I don't see his name right now, but you can read the article. But the police chief of the uh, captain, let's see, Captain Ray Floyd was his name. Told police, quote. Believes she probably died from this asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Yeah. yeah she, was, she sounded like she was benching. Yeah. So, but I thought the Smith. So the Smith machine. I know. I mean, I know what the Smith machine looks like. But I thought, it, if I remember correctly, doesn't have it doesn't lock into position. It's sort of, like if you like if you're doing that thing where you're like, oh crap, I can't hold the weight anymore. You can't just roll your 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 wrist and like lock it into a, a cradle part there. Well, you can, but you still have it. Like if you're struggling, like say she brought the bar down to her chest. Okay. And she has no momentum to get it up that much farther because it's still going to be a little ways before she gets it up on that rack. Okay, so she probably did yeah, like twist the, it in. She went. She went maybe maybe one too many reps or something where she was exerted and it was low. She probably went to failure. Yeah, or, and then or she, she could, just, or she she didn't realize she had so much weight or she thought she could do more and she couldn't. She got that's happened to me before. Wow. You know, and if you don't have a spotter or especially on a Smith machine, usually, you know, depending on how much weight you need, like say on a regular, you know. 45 pound bar that's because basically the, the smith machine for people that don't, don't know it's basically like a 45 pound olympic size bar mm-hmm. that's connected to like essentially a squat rack but the bar is connected on this set of rails that that keeps it you know stationary to the smith machine rack to where you know it's 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 not free floating you know, it's, it's, it's on, it's on, it's well guided and it just, it's, it's connected to the rack itself. So it helps keep your form, I imagine too, in a certain. Correct. Right. Like, but, uh, you know, a lot of people use to squat the bench, you know, and, and, but, uh, you know, if, if you, uh, like for instance, if it was just a free bar, a free 45 pound bar and she got stuck, she, she could possibly just roll it down depending on how much weight it is. If it's, you know, but she could roll it down and try to get out from underneath it. But if it's the Smith you're stuck because you can't move that bar forward or backwards. You can only move it up or down. So do you think, okay, so you're a gym guy, right? Like I'm not that much of a gym guy, obviously. I've seen a semester machine. I've been on them before, but it was a long time ago. Um, Do you think, based on what we've read on this case, do you think this is a, like a, a gym issue? Like where they're letting someone be there without a spotter, without someone watching, just not necessarily a spotter, but someone in the facility that, you know, is kind of keeping an eye on it, just a generic eye on everything. Or do you think this is a, a machine failure on the part of the Smith machine, or do you think this is just a fluke accident? Like, like you said, she overexerted, maybe she maxed out uh, to failure, something like that. Like, what do you think? No, it sounds to me from, and granted, this is from what I'm hearing. Yeah. It sounds to me like it's just, it's one of those situations where it doesn't sound like equipment failure. It sounds like, you know, she was probably in there by herself late at night. Like a lot of these gyms, like you said, a lot of these gyms, that are 24 hours, you're given a key fob to get in there yourself. And at that point, depending on the gym, you're working out at your own risk. So do you think that's something like you're a gym guy, like I said, so your opinion, just your opinion, not necessarily on this case. Okay. But in general, do you think that Jim should then, cause there are lives reading the comments of this. This is on, I saw it on Facebook, but it was this article, you know, linked to Facebook. Um, and of course there's all these comments, people, you know, giving full respect and sorries for the family and all that stuff. But some, sure. pe- some people were saying that plus, you know, that's why you should, you know, not, not, not knocking her at all, not saying anything disrespectful to her, RIP her, but 
but um, that, that she should always have a spotter there. So do you think this is something where we should educate people to always have a spotter? The gym should be forced to put someone on staff 24 hours, one, at least one person overnight, because I'm sure they're not slammed busy in the middle of the night. Um, at least one person there. Or do you think like they should have maybe the Smith machine part is that's off limits when no one's there and you can only do like, you know, the, the, the life form like bikes and different stuff like that. You know, the cardio and more stuff, that's it. But even then, like you can do cardio and the code out too, you know? Oh, you could be you could be on the you could be on the treadmill and slip. And That's what I'm saying. Get like, shot out of well, that, it and, and smack your head. And as a business out. owner, yeah, I don't understand that yeah. because you could just have people just working. I mean, you just have someone just you know doing some bullshit on the elliptical. It doesn't have to be exciting, and that and they could code out, and then you're not going to find them until the next person. Either you come to open the shop at I don't know nine eight a.m. seven a.m. whatever time you open a shop at, and or like in this situation, someone came in at like two fifty a.m. Just, you know, citizen just go in there to do their workout. You know, they don't mean, it's too busy workout. And then, oh, shit. And they go over there and there's some girl that's been pinned under there for, they said, I think the article said about 30 minutes, they estimated at that point. She was, she well, that, was that, that's why, that's why, and, and this, and this is why, like most gyms, especially if they're 24 hour gyms, it's, it's pro, most likely, especially if they're smart, it's written in the contract that if you come to the gym between X, you know, between X and, you know, Y and Z, you know, the hours that are after hours, you're working out at your own risk and you assume all liability. Okay. You know, most likely gyms will do that because they have to protect themselves. Sure. But they're still giving you the option. It's basically kind of like when you go to like certain public, you know, swimming pools or parks or whatnot, it's like hike at your own risk. You have bears there. It's not the park's fault if you get attacked. You know, but um, so it's just a possibility, you know, and you understand the risk before going in there or, or going on your hike, same or, or rock climbing. You know, you just assume that, that, that you, they, you know, it, you know, the risk and it, it's stated, you know, at, at these times you're at your own risk now or, or on a public beach with no lifeguards. Yeah. But a gym, a gym. Yeah. I, I, that being said, yes, I understand if it's written in the contract that, you know, yeah. If you work out between these hours, you're on your own. That you're, you're. But me personally, that being said, I truly believe that a 24-hour gym has to have at least one employee there. That's what I think too. For for that stretch, just just you're not. It's if you're not to lose that much money by having one employee there working a night shift, just to endorse safety, you know, yeah. just someone there. If someone gets caught in a situation, well, like you, either, you either have to have someone working there physically on site, right. which would be the best, or at least, right. at least uh, a really good camera system and someone's monitoring it, or maybe there's companies that monitor it for you or whatever, um, that to monitor the cameras 24 hours a day when people are in there for that exact reason. Because mm -hmm. if someone goes, like I said, someone just goes on the elliptical, like bullshit cardio thing, like not very exciting, right? It happens probably billions times a day across the world. Um, and then someone drops and no one comes in there for four hours until the next person comes in. Cause they're the only one that came in that night at three in the morning and, no, and they open up at seven. I mean, there's no helping that person at that point. They're, they're done. Like four hours. You're done. Well, I mean, I, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I, I, when I built a COVID gym in my house, when I, you know, when all the gyms locked down and I was forced to, you know, build my own, which I still use to this day. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, majority of the time, you know, I'm working out heavy and I'm by myself and no one else is in the house except for the dogs. And if yeah, Jake's strong, and that's wrong. <laughs> if I get caught in a situation like that, I'm, I'm fucked. 
and, and that's just you know I accept that it doesn't that doesn't make it you know sound better yeah that's what I and I'm not trying to take away from the situation at all I'm just I'm just merely speaking for myself that's what I've I've chosen that risk but I also take certain precautions to where if I if there is nobody else in the house like if you know you know, I'm off shift and I'm working out at home. My wife's at work. Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, I could be, you know, working heavy bench that day or heavy squats and get, you know, get caught. I don't have a spotter, you know, and you got to be extra careful. I'm not, but it sounds to me like it was one of those accidents that happened and there just happened to be, I don't know the whole story. I don't know if they had midnight employees, but it just, it just happens. Most 24 hour gyms, a lot of them don't. Well, in this story, they said there it, there was no one there except her. Like, yeah, then happened. it was it was she and yeah. Then it's a key fob system. You you let yourself in, wow. and like because I think what were certain franchises that were like that. I've seen like that, and don't quote me on this, but I think one franchise that I've seen it was like that was like Anytime Fitness, mm-hmm. where it's open twenty four hours a day, and then at certain hours, you know, there's no one there. You let yourself in with a key fob. Okay. Well, I mean, that's you something. Know. I mean, as the the public service announcement here. Um, you know, if you're going to go to a gym like that, I mean, I think it's at least something to think about, especially if you're in the paramedic community and you're listening to this podcast, obviously you probably wouldn't be listening otherwise. Um, something to think about either get a, maybe get a, if you, if they don't have a person there, cause you, you know, if that's not their business model, they're probably not going to do it. But, um, you know, either let someone know you're going there and maybe check in every once in a while or something like that. Or, I mean, you could, you could, you could FaceTime live yourself there to a friend if you want or something. I don't know. That might be a little extreme, but better yet, even just go with a buddy. Just be like, Hey, Hey, you know, Sally Sue, John Smith, whatever you want to go with me to the thing at two in the morning. And they'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. You know, cause you, she, I'm imagining she, you know, knows other people that worked in the same genre of business that she did that had weird hours and stuff like that. And just get one of them to come with you. And then you always have that person. So I don't know. RIP Dolores. And, uh, we're really, so, I was, I was just really sad to hear that. Cause that's someone who's yeah, like uh, up and coming paramedic at 23, uh, taken way too quickly, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'll be the first to admit I am completely guilty of that. Um, I mean, if I, if you were to hit, sit here and ask me a question straight up, you know, what's the safest thing to do? The safest thing to do is always have a spotter, especially if you're, especially if you're lifting heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I would be lying if I said that I always abide by that because I don't. Yeah, you know? I mean, and, and sometimes that's it, yeah. I, I mean, you're. I don't. I don't want to say your ego, but you're. You never think it's going to happen to you, you know. Yeah, exactly. You and, you, and, you just you just get in that mindset. I just need to get in there and get it done. Well, and you know your body too. You know, you know, especially if you've been. And I don't. I have no idea if she's been working out a lot before. I've no. We don't know any part of that story. But for someone like you that's been working out a lot, you know, you know, your max, you know how many reps you can do safely. You've, you, and you may have had some, you know, some fuck ups in the past where you got like kind of in these oh, situations yeah. where you had a little bit of trouble, but you've probably learned from that. And you know, like, look, when I'm feeling this burn here, I'm done. I'm not going to try to push it that one more unless I have a spotter or unless I'm doing it on some sort of equipment that, that prevents that kind of st- horrible stuff from happening. You know, like you're on. Well, some yeah, sort of I've been in that system. situation. Be- I've been in that situation before you know, except not on a Smith, just on a regular, you know, bench with an Olympic bar. Yeah. Cause on those though, like you I said, I can't even you can... imagine being caught in that situation without a spotter on a Smith and no one else is there. And you're literally trapped until, and you're like fighting for your dear life to get out from underneath it until you just can't. And that weight just, 
basically just, you know, Shut you down. for lack of a better way of putting it, just suffocates you. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because on a regular yeah, bar, you can, on a regular bar, you can like maybe push it to one side and have it keel over off you, you know, that way. Or you can, like you said, roll it down, maybe, um, right. you know, something where you can get that little bit of extra space where maybe you're stuck, but you're breathing fine. And it sucks. And you're still going to most likely, depending on how much, like if you're trying to bench, like, like say you're, you know, you're benching, you know, 400 plus pounds. I mean, trying to roll that thing down on down off your chest and your rib cage and down you. I mean, you're going to do some other damage. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to suck. You know? but, I mean, it might be that or so, yeah. But that's why you like, might survive. Yeah. Know? And I don't, and yeah. it doesn't say, um, at least in the article part that I read and, and I didn't read, you know, I didn't read ever like other articles on the same thing from other people, but in the people article, it didn't say how much weight she was doing. I mean, if you, now to be fair, if she's doing, I can't like, even imagine dude, if she was doing like 400 Horrible. pounds or something like that, um, then I definitely strongly think you should not be doing that. You know, without a spotter, if you're doing that kind of weight, that's, that's, that's way too much to, to me, that's way too much to chance something weird happening, you know, where you lose strength or whatever. I don't know. And you, whatever, just, no, you need to have someone. I mean, God bless her. She, 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 she probably, you know, I, I, she probably was just like, you know, I need to get a workout in. And, you know, the first free chance she got was like at night, or maybe she usually worked out late at night and she never had a problem with no one being there. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I'm saying. She might've like gone higher weight this time and, or maybe she's never used that machine or kind of know what, how to do it, but had never used it before. And like first time caught her off. I mean, who knows? Cause they didn't get into that part. Um, yeah, it sucks, man. It really does suck. And that's wow. I'm just seeing if there's any other, like really any other information in here. And I don't see anything else other than obviously her uh, town where she's from is, you know, at a loss for this stuff. Um, yeah, it looks like she uh, says here she graduated from uh, St. Louis Fire Academy in 2021. So, yeah. Yeah. So she was really, really new into this field, it sounds like, and everything. I don't know how long, new she, maybe she did EMS before that, but really new paramedic, so that sucks. Um, so RIP Dolores. Um, we had a couple of... Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, absolutely. Horrible. Um, Can't even imagine. We had a couple other things you wanted to get into. Uh, God bless her family. Yeah, and all the all friends, family, coworkers. Yeah, friends, family. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, we're kind of going down a sad story here, but uh, did you want to talk about those other two today, or do you want to save them for another podcast, or do you want to keep going? Uh, we can we can touch on those later. Okay. Um, it's uh, you know, we'll we'll touch on. Well, I will say that one thing I I think it needs to be addressed that the, the news is barely talking about, if if anything, is how you know the powwow that's going on in Geneva, Switzerland right now with uh, the World Health Organization. And there's a possibility that uh, sleepy Joe Biden could uh, give our sovereignty, you know, or, you know, away to the World Health Organization, which means that if that happens, I'm not saying it will, but it's a possibility. If that happens, that means that if we have any more lockdowns or any more type of, you know, pandemic scenarios, the WHO is in control. Yeah, which is terrifying. How, how we get handled. You know, there's a lot of, you know, legal people that would disagree with me out there because they're saying that, well, no, they can't completely take away our sovereignty and it'd be going against the Constitution. It's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. But, 
look how much of our constitutional rights have been whittled away little by little over the past 20 years. You know, so I don't, I'm not saying that it will happen. I'm saying it's a possibility and people need to be aware. So if you're not aware of this and you live in the United States, look it up. Don't listen to the mainstream media on this issue. Do your own research on whatever sources that you trust because this is a reality. And that also sets the precedence for the possibility of, okay, say that our sovereignty is given up to the WHO when it comes to, you know, certain health regulations and, and, and emergency, you know, pandemic scenarios or whatnot. I mean, what it's not going to stop there. It's going to stop at what, you know, it's going to, you know, go on to whatever they, they, they try to connect to what is a, you know, health related emergency. You know, that could be, that could mean, you know, people that, you know, support the second amendment, that could mean taking away your firearms in the name of, you know, public health. That, that can mean a lot of things. You just don't know. You don't know how far they can take it. And with as far as they've taken certain things, especially over the past year and a half that I never, ever thought would happen, I don't put anything past them. So I just think that this not being talked about is what scares me the most is because it's like it's trying to be snuck in there under the radar. And, you know, a lot of people don't really even know about it. Yeah, it's we, something it needs to be talked about because if worst case scenario, like I said, a lot of people disagree with me on that. If this if this does happen and the World Health Organization is giving almost complete control when it comes to emergency scenarios, especially when it comes to pandemic type situations, I mean, does that mean that if we don't comply, does that mean that the UN forces come in and, and enforce the rules? I don't know. It's a possibility. There's it, there's there's a lot of this scenario that just smells like shit, and it smells even more like shit because no one's talking about it. Yeah, and that goes and, into that also goes into something I know we were going to touch about. I just want to touch real quick before we get out of here. But um, also, you know, everybody's heard of the uh, COVID virus, and no one's buying that shit anymore. Most people who were who were uh, I don't know what you want to call them believers or whatever are starting to see the nonsense that was. But you got the monkeypox yeah, right behind. That's it. what I was gonna say. And conveniently, <laughs> conveniently, while well, all this other shit's going on uh, with the WHO that you're talking about right now, conveniently, you know, for the last couple of weeks prior, um, everybody's been trying to doubt. Now they're trying to push the monkeypox stuff as another fear mongering thing and talking about how the, the, the and the next thing you know we're gonna have some monkeypox vaccine and all this stuff. People wake the fuck up. Okay, the COVID shit was complete bullshit. I'm not saying COVID wasn't real, but the the way they made it into this huge thing when it was just no more than a flu that killed, you know, 0.6 of percent of people anyway without any help. Uh, don't 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 fucking buy into this shit with monkeypox. Let's not become a, a stupid nation again of of all these people just ruining businesses and ruining lives and all the stuff where we play these government games with these people. Um, that's just my take on it. I know when I see the monkeypox stuff, like. Uh, you know, if I see a thing on Facebook, I'm on Facebook all the time for my job and stuff like that. If I see anything about like COVID, monkey fox, any of that stuff, mon- whatever, I just whoop, scroll right by it. I don't even look at that shit because I'm not, I'm not buying into this bullshit. I don't trust these people. The CDC well, is, they, the C- hold on so one yeah. sec, one sec. The CDC, Sorry, bro, no, it's okay. It's okay. The CDC, I just feel strongly about this. The CDC has been caught lying to I us. Love it. They've been caught fucking lying to us. They've been caught fucking lying to you. 
Okay, people yeah. who are listening to this podcast. So I don't want to hear this fucking thing of like, oh, they're doing it. No, they're not. They fucking lied about the numbers. They lied about the vaccine. They lied about the fucking testing of the vaccine. They even came out and said that their tests don't check for COVID because they can't check for COVID. They're just checking for the flu virus. So all this fucking shit has been bullshit. They've known what was and going on. And why is that? Right. Why, they, why, well, why it was used as a way to get Trump COVID-19, out. COVID-19 has never been what? Been it's never been completely isolated. Right. It's never been identified. They don't even know what it looks like. So they can't, they don't, it, have, it, they don't have a test. They've, yeah, been they, te- they've been testing for markers that they believe come up when they, you know, when someone gets it, but they don't officially know that's what it is. And they found out that's not true. That's just picking up on like flu related vac- uh, flu related markers. And they so have, everybody they that keeps relying on these, I'm not, I'm not even going to put the, the quick, you know, nose home test in, in any category because those things are just full of shit. But um, if are these PCR tests, all the professionals are even saying they don't mean shit. What are they exactly. really, have they really been able to isolate the virus? No. I haven't seen any evidence where they've been able to isolate COVID-19. No, that picture they show you of what COVID-19 looks like is made up. And they don't, they still don't know. You can ask any scientist. They don't actually know. And, and if like. they can't isolate the virus, how are they testing for it? Which means. And that how are they making they, a vaccine they, for they, it? You may be testing positive for coronavirus, but the common cold is coronavirus. Right. Yeah. Look it up in old medical journals. I mean, medical, like, like the, um, the medical books, like the doctors use and stuff like that. I can't remember the name right now off the top of my head, but they all have it in there in the past. Coronavirus, you know, com- and AKA I don't care about, cold. I don't, I don't care about not using certain terms. I don't give a fuck about that anymore. I'm going to say exactly, you know, there's too many freaking, you know, content pushes out there, which I get because they're, they're, they monetize their, whether it's their YouTube page or whatever, you know, they're making money. So they have to watch what they say because that's their bread and butter. I get it. But, since this isn't our bread and butter, you know, well, maybe. Anyway, I'm just kidding. No, this, I am not going to censor what I say to appease some, you know, platform dipshit, you know, that doesn't like what I say, you know, or, or has a problem with it. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the, the truth or what, you know, what I see and what I've researched in which appears to be the truth in the way I see it. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and I'm not going to dance around it. And I'm not going to use these fucking code words anymore. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not going to do it. And if I'm anybody not... has a problem with it, then have a problem with it. Yeah. Take Un- this platform. Hey, take, hey take unsubscribe, man. Platform. I don't fucking care. No, you know what? If you don't like it, what we're saying, that's fine. We respect your opinion. Either, either talk to us about it. Don't be like a pussy like that guy that sent us that fucking two one-star review or whatever, but actually like send your opinions in paramedics unscripted. No, hold on, hold on a second. Don't call no, Hold on. No, I'm, hey, I'm calling that dude. That he dude has was, the right. Just like we do. He has the right to his own opinion. He does That's have the cool. right to his opinion. And I don't have a problem with him having his opinion. I have a problem with him. And we talked about this last episode, giving us a one-star review and then not missing the entire point of our show, which is that, if you have, like, obviously, if you have our opinion, that's cool. We like to talk about things. I mean, everybody knows that who listens to the show. If you don't like what our opinion is or you have the opposite opinion, that's cool. Come talk to us about it because we'd love to either hear your opinion, like via a voicemail or, I mean, uh, not voicemail, I'm sorry, uh, email or something like that or message us on the Facebook page, something like that. But, or, or ask us to. And if we think your idea is cool and you sound like a, you know, cool person or whatever, we will even have you on the show just to hear your opinion, which is, could be the complete opposite of ours. And we can talk about it civilly. You know, that's what I'm talking about. But the person who just left us a one-star review, because who knows why they left us a one-star review. That's, you know, that's ridiculous stuff, man, because you're missing the entire point. 
You know, you are, that person is the problem in America or in the world right now, because you need to voice your opinion in a professional way. It doesn't have to be combative, but a professional way to get your point across and talk to people because we believe that's how things get solved in this world. And I'm just telling people for the people out there, I just want to reiterate, please, please, please don't listen to a non-practicing doctor. Okay. Don't listen to the fucking government agencies that like, cause I'm a travel agent as well as a realtor. And I fuck the CDC man with all their bullshit banning cruises. But if you go on a 10 can in the air, everything's fine. None of it makes sense. So fuck all their warnings, fuck all their other stuff they're doing. Um, you know, and definitely please, please now don't buy into monkeypox and, and don't start doing this stuff. I get so irritated now, even where I live, they don't do masks anymore and stuff like that. But occasionally you'll still see, you know, someone with a mask on or recently my daughter um, finished her school year and we went to after school, like into school, like, you know, celebration stuff. And you see like the one or two kids that still wear a mask. And, and I just feel so bad for those kids because I can only imagine what the parents are like. Um, and then the funny thing was, I was telling my daughter about this actually funny enough with the mask story. So this girl at her thing was head of one of the society things and she was giving a little speech and great speech. Seems like a great kid. She won lots of awards, right? I mean, listening to her talk, I'm like, that kid is going to be someone really important in life. You can just tell she wore a mask right. because her, probably her parents told her she had to wear a mask. She had one of the, um, the, you know, the, 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 the ER mask you'd wear, like not the N95, but the cheesy blue ones, you know what I mean? But it was a, it was a medical mask, right? Um, but that was good. At least she had a medical mask on. It doesn't seal, but at least it's a medical mask. Okay, fair, fine. But then every time she got up to take to the speech, she pulled her mask down to her chin, under her chin. And then she talked. And then sometimes she would go up there to, you know, take over the microphones from someone who's handing it off to her. And that uh, no one else in the place was wearing a mask. And she'd go up right next to them. That person standing like two feet away from them. And she pulls down her mask and starts doing the talk. And I was telling my daughter, I was like, once she pulls down the mask once the entire day, the entire day is bullshit. You don't need to wear a mask anymore because now not to mention the mask was leaking anyway, because it's not a sealed mask. But besides that point, if you're going to pull it down at any point during the day, we in the, in a room like inside an interior room like that, you're now sharing the air with the hundreds of people that were in that room with all the parents and all the kids and all that stuff. Cause the whole grade of kids. And then, you know, it's a big auditorium thing. So once you do that, it's pointless. And I was telling my daughter, I was like, that's what you need to pay attention to. Not saying she's bad for doing it because she may be told to by her parents and I'm not here to judge that. Right. But I said, do you understand how dumb that is at that point? And she goes, yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. If you're going to pull your mask down to talk or breathe or something, you're dumb to take the mask off. You know, you're, well, you're breathing the also, same air. We're all in this box of a gymnasium or an auditorium thing doing this. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, and keep in mind too, that, and this is, this is just my opinion, but uh, I, I truly believe that one of the reasons why they've lightened up rather quickly on the whole COVID debacle is uh, because you got the midterms coming up. Yeah, the winters and came up and then Ukraine stuff happened. Once Ukraine stuff happened, these, everybody stopped talking about yeah. COVID all of a sudden. All of a sudden, COVID disappeared because COVID gives a fuck whether there's a war or not going on. They don't care. They don't, don't tell, yeah, it's like, it's like Zelensky that's how, scared COVID. Yeah, that's how you know. That's how you know. <laughs> like, that's how, like, if you're a non-believer, if you think everything we, like, maybe you're a husband or a wife or a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and you're a significant other listening to this podcast and you're stuck in a car with them and you have that before to listen to us knuckleheads. Um, that's something that should wake you up because a real virus doesn't disappear because of some political bullshit going on. It doesn't care because it doesn't know it's a virus. Its job is to just go infect people and grow and grow and grow and, and keep doing that so it can live. That's what a virus does. Um, so, so like that should be a clear cut answer to show you that not again, we, I personally, Jason, Jason talking, I am not saying Corona was not real. That's not what I'm saying. 
I'm saying it was blown out of proportion as to Correct. how big it was and what we needed to do to get around it. Had we done, there is proven studies now that show that cities, excuse me, cities that were on full lockdown versus cities that were not on lockdown, like where I live, like no one really gives a fuck about COVID for the most part. I mean, there's a few here and there and some businesses that had to to stay open and stuff like that. But for the most part, no one here wears a mask. No one did the entire time, really, right? Uh, I only wore a mask, for instance, whenever I went to Costco, that was it. Everything else, I just never wore a mask. Um, cities that were on full lockdown in the United States, those they've had higher corona rates than the cities that didn't do that. So it just shows you again that this is all bullshit. It's all blown out of proportion. It's all fear-mongering. And my professional opinion being that I've been through, as we've discussed before, anthrax, AIDS, hepatitis, uh, swine flu, um, C. diff. I mean, I've been through all this nonsense and all this shit always ends up being not a big deal. You obviously know about it, be cautious about it, you know, use common sense, you know, cover your mouth when you sneeze and stuff like that. But you got to live life, man. You know, you know, what's a bigger Petri dish than all this bullshit we've been talking about? Go to a fucking preschool one day. Go drop your kid off at a preschool and bring your kid home and then wonder why your whole family's sick. And those places clean. I can tell you, we took our daughter one when we were a kid. When, I mean, when we were kids. When she was a kid. And it was a great facility. And they, I mean, I went there. And they clean. All the time you go in there, it smells like bleach because they're cleaning all the time, right? Guess what? My daughter would still come home sometimes sick. Because guess what kids don't do? They don't fucking wash their hands. Guess what kids don't do? They, or guess what kids do do? They touch everything. You know what I mean? So they're going to touch. But there's a double edge to that sword. That's, that's the reason why our generation and the generations before us had stronger immune You're systems right. because right. we were exposed to that constantly and we did not live in a Purell nation. You're right. No, and that's a good not point. To out, not, not to downfall Purell because it's a great product, but the amount of usage to where it's used so much to where even liquor distribute, you know, distributors or, or uh, distilleries was, were starting to make you know, hand sanitizer sure. out of freaking corn whiskey. Well, because they have the base you know? already. Yeah, they already have the base made up right. from their alcohol. Yeah. No, and that's... And a it, it's, Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, no I just... I think, I think you said it, and this is Bobby talking. When it comes to the monkeypox, you can already see it already, that they're trying to... They're incrementally starting to put it out there like they did COVID-19. Like, as you noticed in the beginning of, of, of the COVID-19 situation, how they started talking about it. They're saying, well, there's cases seen here and here, but don't worry. There's nothing to worry about. It's, you know, people don't have anything to worry about. And they're starting to say that about the, doing the exact same scenario with the monkeypox. It's like, what is it? There's already one case in the United States of monkeypox, but don't worry. It's, it's not going to be a mass spread, blah, blah, blah. But you can see they're setting it up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to yeah. me if down the road, if you got, and, I, and I'll hate this day, and we will definitely be doing a podcast if they do about this, but yeah. if we start hearing some bullshit about some monkeypox vaccine and they start this bullshit up again, uh, first of all, I don't think anybody's going to buy it anymore. I think I think you'll have some people, of course, that'll take it because there's some like fucking lemmings in well, our Well, aren't society. they already starting to talk about a vaccine for it? Well, I'm, I'm talking I about, the other day. I'm ta- I, I have not heard that, but I like, I don't. I mean, don't quote me on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't follow the news too much. Like, I don't read those articles on that stuff because I'm just like, absolutely not. Go fuck yourself. I'm not, I'm not buying it, but I, if they start trying to push that stuff where all of a sudden now you want to go travel, you got to get a shot, all this stuff. I mean, it's going to change. I think it'll be a lot worse this time. Cause I don't think society's going to put up with it because we saw, you know, when, when the government tells us to do this and Hey, it's just gonna be two weeks. We'll let it blow over and everybody will be back to normal. Yeah. I think a lot of people would go ahead and do whatever we're told to do because who gives a fuck about two weeks, you get to stay home, you get paid, 
you know, great, right? It's like a little vacation. Okay, everybody could do that, right? We could all help out each other and brothers and sisters and stuff like that. But we saw that they took that two weeks and just kept pushing the goalpost further and further down the field to the fact where it's over two years. And in some places, they're still doing things. They're still asking like traveling and cruise ships and stuff. You still have to do like testing and stuff before the cruise and stuff like that. You still, they still want to see your vaccine passports and, you know, or vaccine cards, whatever, you know, not vaccine passports, but you know what I mean? So there's still stuff like that going on. Um, we're not quite over it all yet. And I just hope this isn't a revamp of it. Cause I'm ready to go back to, I'd hate to say that word, but I'm ready to go back to what it was before, at least, at least a closer version to what it, I don't think it'll ever go back to what it was before, but a closer version. But you're also more mentally strong because you're able to sit through the bullshit. Which, now for sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Like you said before, it was, it was, was the COVID virus real? Yeah. But was it the true pandemic? I don't believe so. I believe the true pandemic was fear. And um, that's my opinion. But I mean, l- look at the past two years. Look how, look how fear drove people to do what they normally wouldn't do or, or caused them to question you know, their belief system or question when something doesn't seem right. Well, maybe I should just do this because this is, this is what, this is what the powers of the are telling me to do. It's like, no, that's why God gave you your intuition. Go with it. Go with your gut. If it doesn't seem right, it probably isn't. But another, another avenue to check as far as doing research if you want to see a lot of stuff that's hidden in plain sight that they don't want to talk about, just go on CDC's website, start researching shit. You'll find out a lot of stuff on there and you'll be like, why the hell aren't they talking about this? You know? Yeah, that's true. Like, or, or just, just go on the CDC website or just go on Google or DuckDuckGo and type, type in, you know, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine and how it, you know, and, and how, you know, it's helped with certain types of cancer. Just, just type that stuff in, and you'll be surprised at what you see. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, but I've always looked at it like this because this is how, you, in my opinion, how you have to look at it. When it comes to, I don't care if it's the American government, the Canadian government, whatever. If they tell you that something is, if they try to demonize something like they did with those two drugs that have been around for years with success, then it's the reason why they're demonizing them is because they probably work, you know, but they don't want you to go that route because they want you to get the vaccine. Yeah. They want you to do their money, their money. You know, when it comes to, uh, when it, you know, or if it comes to, uh, you know, just, I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but when it, when it comes to vaccine, when it comes to a vaccine, uh, you're trying to get as close to, uh, you know, building up antibodies is possible, correct? Right. No, that's true. You know, so why was it that, you know, why were they denying people that obviously had were, you know, had, had built up antibodies in their system? Why? Why wasn't that sufficient enough? I mean, if, if that's what you had in your system, why did I still need to get the vaccine? Because my body has already produced what I'm trying to get with the vaccine anyway. Right. So you're from the what, is, virus what is getting the vaccine yeah. going to do? But then at the same time, there's still no science out there that says the vaccine does a fucking thing. Right. 
You know, I've said that I don't know how many times, but anyway, I'm not going to get off on that. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's, we could go on a whole nother podcast like that, but but just keep an eye on the monkey pox and just watch how they're, in my opinion, that's, that's, you know, they're, that's, that's the next boogeyman. That's the next scare tactic. Yep. You know, because COVID's not working anymore. And, uh, you notice in the news, you don't really, you know, they're not, they're not talking about the Ukraine as much anymore, you know? And, and like I said, like I've said before, my heart goes out to the innocent Ukrainian and Russian people that are caught in the middle of this, this debacle bullshit, you know, this, this crap. And they're the ones suffering from this and it's horrible. And, um, but like I've said before, and that's in, uh, in that situation, we're only being, you know, the, the public's only being told part of the story and it's the narrative that they want to push. And that doesn't mean it's the correct narrative. And uh, that's all I have to say on that issue. Yeah, and I couldn't have said it better myself. So with all that being said, guys, we've been on here for an hour and a half. Let's wrap this up. Um, just a real quick shout out, some housekeeping real quick. Um, if you like the show, obviously tell your friends. We'd love uh, any more subscribers we can get. Tell your friends, coworkers, brothers, sisters, uh, moms, dads, whatever. Um, get those people doing it. If you're interested, we still have a few uh, coffee mugs remaining and some stickers uh, to help support the show as well. But without further ado, also, oh, yeah, one last thing. If you uh, do have a comment, concern, question, you want to be on the show, anything like that, it's paramedicsunscripted at gmail.com. Paramedicsunscripted at gmail.com. It's paramedicsunscripted at gmail.com. Um, so, Bobby, unless you have anything else, without further ado, let's wrap this up, man. You good? Let's do it, man. All right, man. It's been Season 2, Episode 9 in the books. We're Paramedics Unscripted, and we will see you next week on Paramedics Unscripted.